Welcome back to another episode of the On The Clock Podcast, On The Clock with Damien and Jeremy. I'm Damien Parson, and of course, that's my main man, my brother, my partner in crime, Jeremy Dove. What say you, man? Hey, man. It's, you know what time it is. It's officially draft season, so I'm oh, yeah. pumped. I'm ready oh, to yeah. go. Hey, I'm happy about it, you know. Grant, like we said, like we said on the uh, Damien Jeremy show, foot, the NFL season as a whole has come to a close. We're going to get ready for free agency, and of course... The, the most important time, the NFL draft, baby. The NFL draft. So we are going, we have a nice little show pack for you guys tonight. We're going to be talking a, a couple different topics here. But let's go ahead and jump into the first topic. Um, Kyler Murphy. We all talked about it a couple weeks ago when he declared for the draft and he made, he, he you know, made his, um, kind of gave the Oakland A's an ultimatum. You know, he wants 15 mil from them and so forth and so on. The, you know, and for at first, he top 10 pick, Jeremy, until he went on the Dan Patrick show. Yes. And man, oh man, he bombed that interview. Um, you know, and it's just, for those who have, who have not seen it, please, please go, go look it up. It's on, it's on so YouTube and on different YouTube. things. Fox Sports Radio, uh, it, sport, uh, NBCSports.com. It's on so many different things. Fox Sports Radio headlined their their their, um, their article on it as Kyler Murray gives the most awkward interview ever. Do you know how hard it is to pull that off? Ever? It's. Do you do you think? Do you remember the Jim Harbaugh on Colin Cowherd? Yes. When he got which one do you think was worse? Ah, that's tough. That's a tough one. I'm going with. I think I kind of think this one. Yeah, yeah. With with, and this is when Jim Harbaugh first got hired at Michigan, and it was so awkward that Colin wound up, as I think was the right thing to do, cutting the plug. I kind of wish. The only thing is, Colin is not as comedically talented as Dan Patrick, but it's because right. to me, Dan Patrick had every right to cut this interview. That's how bad it was. Like if he would have done it, I would have said, I, I understand. Exactly, exactly. You know, and, and it's there. There were so many things wrong with it. Uh, it, it, it. At one point, he was kind of slouched in the chair, playing, curling his hair like a female. Um, <laughs> I just didn't understand that at all. I was like, "Wait, is this high school? Like, what are we doing here? What are we doing?" Don't get me wrong. I have I have somewhat of a beard. I, I had a beard and I cut it off, and I got more goatee and beard now, so it's all growing back in. But sometimes I'll be sitting there, stand, stand there talking to people, and I'll kind of pull on my goatee a little bit, you know, just while during the conversation. It's kind of just like a habit sometimes because it's there. But you know, to just be twirling your fingers in your hair, it's just really weird. Um, you know, it, it was just but. Dan Patrick was not trying to push, and he said that I'm not trying to force you to make a decision on my show or none of that stuff. Dan Patrick is a really cool guy, and he did not do anything wrong in this situation. He just asked him basic questions. Right. 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 Here's my thing: when you make a, de- a declaration or a decision that you, sir, are going to, you, you, you say that, oh well, you know what? I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to go to a training, uh, a spring training for the A's. But I'm also declaring for the NFL draft. So when you do that, so Dan Patrick, one of the questions was, um, you know, he was asking him, you know, do you, you know, have the dream of playing two? It started off okay. The interview started off oh, okay. So he asked him, will you be throwing, will you be at the combine? 
And that's when it started getting awkward for me. I was sitting there watching it, and Kyler Murray decides to just kind of look around, like space out, like, what? What are you saying? What are you, what are you saying? Are you speaking English to me? Yeah. Like, what's happening? Like he, he, like, he did not comprehend the question. And then, so he was like, okay, uh, will you be having, will you be having a pro day? And he was like, well, that's assuming that I was, I'm going to the NFL. He was like, okay, um, you're, you're really not trying to do this, are you? Like, you're not trying to do the interview. He's looking back at his dad and, and, and you know, just kind of, you know, and then, then uh, Dan Patrick, you know, being the, the hilarious man he is, he turns and looks towards the dad's direction and asks, will he be doing, will he do so-and-so? And his dad was like, no comment, and, you know, just taking it as fun. But th- the interview was very awkward. What was your take on it? My take on it was he had been making the rounds all week, so it's not like it was a gotcha moment. Um, anyone should know that that anyone, any press people, any people in, you know, in his Kyler Murray's inner circle, Kyler Murray himself should know that if you allow yourself to be accessed for interviews, that that will be asked to you. And I, it seemed like part of me felt like, I don't know if he got off because Dan Patrick throughout the week was being, I enjoyed Dan Patrick's shows throughout Super Bowl week. He was very comical where he would introduce the guests as like, you know, a hype man, but kind of like clown with the guests, kind of give their like flaws, their, their like great stats. And everyone else throughout the week laughed with it. Kyler kind of seemed like he was, part of me didn't know if he was felt offended by what Dan Patrick was doing. By the questions, if he was like seeing if Dan Patrick's trying to clown him or not, and then part of it did seem like I've heard reports on this that with his, especially with his dad asking his dad questions, do we have a similar Levar Ball type of situation here? Right, and that's what I kind of wondered too, with the dad being there and no comment, no comment, and hey, let's not kid ourselves. This is a business, and Kyler Murray will be making a business decision, so I understand that. And his best interest is for him and his family first, not to appease the MLB, not to appease the NFL. I totally get that. I really do. But there's so many, I think, Dame, on the fly. And we're not, I mean, I think we're we're good at this and we're getting better. We're not pros. We're not Bob Costas or Al Michaels. I think if you asked us those questions, we could have BSed our way through yeah. that pretty far. And I'm not trying to brag on us. I think most people could have been as well, you know, I'm taking it one day at a time. I love both sports. I love football. I love base. It was so easy. The que- it wasn't he wasn't on with a tough interview or a hard hitting guy. Dan Patrick was lobbing him some fun things and he just froze. And it just makes me seem like I don't know. I, I'm not getting a gamer from him. I'm be honest, I'm not getting a gamer from him. No, no. It 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 it, it poses the question. Is he all? Is he? Does he really want to play football, or is he using the NFL as a bargaining tool? Which, if that's what you're doing, I get it. Get your bag, secure the bag, young fella. But for me, just go the route to the to the to, to the MLB. Go to spring training. Go and, and try to work your way to the majors. Because if you if you from I don't follow baseball. From from a lot of uh, my friends who do follow baseball, college and MLB, they said he wasn't spectacular last year. At Oklahoma. So if you weren't spectacular your last season playing baseball at Oklahoma and you go to spring training, you just bypass the NFL draft altogether and you never, you don't make it to the majors, you miss out on. I know a lot of people have this misconception we talked about that, oh my God, you're going to get paid so much more money. 
playing baseball. That's if you make it to the majors and, and you're, you know what I'm saying? You're a, you're a contributor. You're going to get paid. Granted, your, your deal's going to be like 10 years, 175 mil, but you're going to get, going to get paid, right? Right. But at the same time, I mean, you look at, um, you look at Matt Ryan, didn't he just secure like a five-year deal, 100 mil guaranteed or something along those lines? Like, uh, the, the Kirk Cousins deal, three years, ninety like ninety five, ninety seven mil, fully guaranteed. All yeah. I'm saying is, it's just some fact of the matter is, just be smart with it, young man. You know, you're playing the game a little. To me, he's play, he's he's playing it, he's playing it kind of kind of close. Like he's playing it a little close to me. He's walking that fine line where if I'm a team in the top ten that needs a quarterback, or if I'm a team period that needs a quarterback, I need to know, son. Like, are you? What are you doing? Like, I don't need to look and see you kind of toying around because I saw a, a comment. It's like, if you were if you were sold on on playing football, right? You knew you were going to play football, you would be more engaged to say, "Hey, you know, I can't wait to the combine. I'm gonna give it a shot. Yeah, I'm still gonna go to uh, spring training, but I'm gonna go and I'm gonna do my thing. I'm gonna showcase my talents on both sides, on both sports, and I'm gonna show them what I got, and and I'm gonna listen to what's out there." And that's it. Well, you know, it's funny to me because it was a it was an interesting thirty for thirty last week, and the timing mm-hmm. with Kyler Murray made it so much more important and relevant today. I'm a, I'm a lover of Deion Sanders, and this is a Deion double play that came out. Uh, so I was hooked and wanted to see it regardless. But I, who would have known that it fits so well today? And the thing that, you know, seeing Dion do – because Kyler did an interview for Dion during Super Bowl week, and he wasn't as, you know, awkward. He was pretty okay with it. But Dion made the point that Dion did two sports. The movie about him doing two sports in one day. But Dion did two sports. But with football, he's a corner, not a quarterback, a cornerback. And not saying that that's not a very important – all positions right. are important. But let's be honest, the QB position – it outweighs the other ones. It just does. And to me, if we're talking about a cornerback, a wide receiver, heck, Bo Jackson was a running back. You can get away with that, with being a part-time guy. With, with I mean, to me, Kyler does not have the ability that a Dion or Bo Jackson possessed at this stage in the game. So I don't want people to get twisted and say I'm, I'm putting him in the that upper echelon of two of the greatest athletes of the 20th century. I'm not saying that. But I'm looking at Kyler Murray, and I'm, I'm a GM. I need my quarterback to be all in. And we've seen it with what, uh, with the Drew Henson and Chad Hutchinson, those guys. When they know that they have a fallback, I'm not getting that they're all in the quarterback position. And that, to me, right there would make, if I'm a GM, Kyler Murray's uh, do not touch because he need, I need somebody who's going, this is it. This is not saying it's his life. But it's family, then it's football. In my opinion, you know, Bill Parcell says it. He when he asks a player what's the three most important things, he's got to hear football in the top three. If he don't hear football, that's not his kind of guy. Right now, I, I he does his actions aren't showing that football's there for me. So if I'm a GM and I want a quarterback. I can't take you know. To me, Dwayne Haskins has to bump up higher on my chart right now than Kyler Murray. He just does. Because to me, I'm looking at a guy who has an escape route, and he knows he has an escape route. He's not saying, like, all right, I'm ready to get to the next level. Give me that playbook. Let me get in with my with my receivers. Let me get my coaches and get to work. 
he's saying, well, if it doesn't work out, I can maybe hit up spring training. The a, I can go back to the A's and go to the minor. I don't. I don't need that. I don't need the hassle. If I'm a GM. Right. I'm investing because hey, GMs, coaches, quarterbacks—they are linked. When you hire a new coach and you draft a young quarterback, your future goes with them. I can't have my future go with a guy who's looking for the escape route before he even puts on the pads, before he signs the contract. Before, you know. Yeah. No. I'm with you. I'm with you, man. Like I said, it's just I'm I'm not touching him. I'm not I'm not even wasting my time on it. Just from the fact of the matter is right now I do not see that this kid is ready, you know, mentally. Because watching that interview, think of think about him going, hmm. Say say, say he decided to go all in right. football, right? And say the Giants for say the Jags pull a boss move and be like, you know what? No, no, no. Sorry, New York. Dwayne Haskins coming to Jacksonville, Duval, and they 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 trade up the number one and they draft Dwayne Haskins. The look and the anger in the war room. I would love to be just a fly on the wall in the Giants' war room while the Cardinals are on the clock. And then you hear this pick has been traded. Like, wait, what? Like, the Jacksonville Jaguars have moved up to number one. It's like, oh, don't tell me. And then Jacksonville takes Dwayne. Say they decide to draft Kyler Murray. He's a superior talent, just phenomenal talent. But we all know the New York media will chew you up and spit you out. If he goes to a, t- to a city with the media, uh, the media period in any city is going to destroy this kid if he acts like that during interviews. But if he goes to a place with a, with a very dominant media uh, source, he's in trouble, man. He is in trouble. You understand me? And when you, when you read the quote that Scout said, he needs to get an effing agent. Yes. And that this reminds them of LeVar Ball and Lonzo. That's not good, man. He that needs to. Because, you know, at this point, if I'm someone was established with an NFL front office or NFL coach, the way he looked in that Dan Patrick interview, if I want to say, uh, Kyler, why'd you make that pass? Why'd you throw that interception? It's I can't be looking to his dad to answer for him. You need to be. Right, I mean, right. you're a young exactly. man, but you, you're a man. You're a man. Your dad shouldn't even be in those interviews with the teams. It should exactly. be just you and them. Exactly. I, I really don't want your dad. I mean, let's be real. I think we, you know, my dad's a spectator if he came to me. He's just there to enjoy the ride, you know, have the big guy like, wow, wow. I'm not kicking it to my dad. My dad's not out there or down there with me. Well, I'm going on a Dan Patrick show. I'm meeting with Prime, or I'm meeting with uh, other team execs, or whatever. My, no, Dad's just there. Wow, take he's a fan. He may have better seats. He has better yeah, exactly. seats than the other live studio audience members. But he's just an elevate. He's a VIP fan. That's all he mm-hmm. is. That's all. Mom would be. Dad would be. Brother, whoever, friend. You not? No, you not. This this two separate worlds. He's a VIF. Very yeah, that's thing. that's all he is. That's, that's, all, that's he is. all he is. But it's crazy. Like I said, you, you, people don't know. People don't think that he would be a top ten pick because of his size. So far, Dan Patrick even said John Gruden loves you. Where does John Gruden? What pick does he have? He has like the fourth pick in the draft. I'm telling you right now, if John Gruden wants a quarterback, bye bye Derek Carr. He hitting them with the in sync bye bye bye, and he's trading him. 
if he could trade Amari Cooper, who who showed why he's a stud receiver and why he was highly sought after coming out of Alabama, you trade Khalil Mack, who everybody knew was better than Jadavion Clowney. What makes you think you're not going to be traded Derek Carr? So if he traded Derek Carr and he went and, and draft, you know what I'm saying? You just, for me, I'm just turned off by Kyler Murray's interview. I hope that he does better the next interview he has, but I need to see better. But when we talk about these interviews, that's a great segue into the next topic that we have. How much stock should we put into the interview process in general? Jeremy, let's go ahead and let you start start this off. How much stock do you do you put in to the pre-draft interview? It's it's hard process? because we just spent you know however many minutes, fifteen minutes, yeah, bashing. I, 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 don't, I don't put as much <laughs> stock into the bizarre questions. To me, it's the stock right, right, into right. – I, I I guess it's important but not that important. I don't need you to be a smiling media dog, no matter what position you are, whether you're quarterback, a skill position, a lineman. I want to understand the, the, the football intelligence, and I want to understand the psychology of how you work well with others. And those are the two things I need to care about. Yeah, I remember, I think it might have been Jeff Ireland with Des Bryant and asking, was, did you, was your mother a prostitute? That's not needed, unnecessary. No. I don't need those questions. I don't need questions to kind of like make you look or try to try, trying to find a way to make that, that player look stupid. That, what's that have to do with anything? I want to understand, do you understand what's going on on the field? Now, I want to know, psychology-wise, how you interact, what matters to you, you know, how you interact, what, how you handle certain situations off the field, especially to me involving your teammates. And I'll be honest, I will, especially if you do, if there are reports, and we know that there's some, these guys have better investigative guys than we do, I want to hear about your character, which goes together kind of with the psychology, how you deal with your teammates and how you handle coaching, but I want to hear about your character, you know, like, like the Antonio Callaways. Uh, if you have the off the field yeah. issues, I want to know, well, what are you going to do differently? You know, we, we're both, let's yeah. be honest, we both were in the drug and alcohol counseling fields and we both were in the mental health fields. How are you going to change that environment? You can't just come back and say, I'm going to do better and then go right back to doing the same. You're right back in the same spot. So the same things. How are you changing the environment? What 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 are you doing differently? I, I don't, those are the three things to me that I'm looking for. So I guess to answer your question, long story short, yes, the interview process does mean something to me. Yeah, and for me, I agree with you. You know, 100. percent That is where I, where I uh, I am looking at when I I want to hear just how you handle and how you carry yourself. What, what, if you have, like I said, if you have to off-field things, you know, don't just say, you know, it was a mistake. Say, you know, what did you do? You know, what did you do and what would you do next time to be better? What, you know what I'm saying? When you have a young, and we all, we have all been young. And I tell some of the, 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 the clients at my job this, you know, you make bad decisions. That's part of life. No matter if you're 12 or you're 42, 52, 62, you're going to make bad decisions. It's just life. But it's all about how you handle those decisions, how you bounce back from those decisions, how those decisions make you smarter, make you stronger, and make you better. And that's what, you know, a lot, you know, a lot of times, like I said, those weird questions with your mom's a prostitute 
Are you gay? You know, how would you kill someone? Like, those are questions that I don't need to answer. And it's, it's, that's not, listen, that's irrelevant to what I'm here for. You know, I'll hit, if I'm a player and I hear that stupid question, I'm going to hit him with the Marshawn Lynch. You know why I'm here. Oh, uh, yeah. You know why I'm here. And especially, you know why I'm here. I'm not here to talk about if I'm murder. a high prospect, I might walk out to the, I might say, yeah, I'm hitting that. Remember what Primetime oh, yeah. said? He said when he ran, he ran the forty, and, and and not even just when he ran the forty, but he oh, teams yeah. wanted to interview him, and he was like, "Listen, what pick you got? Oh, you you're at twenty. Don't need I to talk I to you. I, I know I'm going to top five. Been the board <laughs> I won't even be on the board then. So they they wanted him to take that Wonderlick test. He said, "I ain't taking that for you." Yeah, yeah. For what? For what? I know. I, I know where I'm going. I prime. That, that's why I love Prime, man. That's why I love him. Now in today's NFL, you know, in today's media, people are like he's he's brash, he's cocky, he's arrogant. You know the you know the the normal type of things. But you know, you, you take a guy like uh, like Aaron Rodgers or Baker Mayfield, Philip Rivers. You know, they can do, get away with that stuff. But never mind. That's, that's a conversation mm-hmm. for another day. Um, but you know, that's that's my thing. It's just. What he what he did, I would have done too. So you get I get into this, especially if I know I'm a top five pick and I'm just meeting with you just to meet with you, and you ask me a stupid, you know what? This is over. I'm not even gonna be around when you. Don't worry about it. It's over. It's okay. You guys be blessed. And I'm walking out. Of the, I'm walking out of there. Like I'm gonna go, let me go do some drills. Let me go warm up. Cause this right here, we're done. We're done. We're done, and that's the thing. So the, the stupid questions, the unnecessary questions, no, that's that, that's a no go for me. But if they're just asking you, you know, how do you take coaching? You know, how did you how did you react when you when you're when uh when Lincoln Riley or any you know any coach that that, that coached you in college, you know, berated you in the meeting room, berated you in the weight room, berated you around your teammates. How did you handle that? Did you take it? Did you own it? And did you did it make you better? Did you back did you backmouth him? Did you you know give him backlash? Did you step to him like you're not going to talk to me like that and disrespect your coach? How did you handle it? You know, so those questions to me matter. Not the you know uh, you know what, what did you eat for dinner last night? What, what does that matter? Like that doesn't matter. But you know, but like as we're talking about the process. Um, one of the main things, the conversation on uh, when, when you look at the the conversation on the big board process and the debate of need versus best player available. Um, what's your thoughts on that, man? I'm always about best player available. I think a lot of times they do coincide, but I think if you spend mm-hmm. all that time evaluating you know, these teams now. I, I shouldn't know as my bad who started the big board, but they all have their big boards. And a lot of times we can look at even, let's be real, even your defending champion, New England Patriots. If you broke yeah. down, Damien, the needs for the team, you're not going to sit there and mm-hmm. go, there are no needs. You're not going to sit there and go, right. we only have <laughs> one need. We have a outside linebacker. That's it. You, throw it out in the, you, you, you always with a team that's the big roster, you have trouble filling, you know, with depth, uh, with injuries constantly. Teams, to, no matter who you are, you will always have constant needs. A lot of times they do coincide right. with each other, but I'm always about the best player available. I'm, I, that's just oh, yeah. me. 
it, you know, in the NBA, in different sports, I can see um, a need being more of value. But to me, best player available. You know, if I'm the Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury, if, if he likes, say he loved Kyler Murray and he, he has no ties to Josh Rosen, if he said he's the guy I can hitch my wagon to, I'm not, I, don't, I don't knock that pick. I really don't. If he looks at the film, because you know he, you know he will be on seeing what he sees in Josh Rosen and go, he doesn't fit my or I think he's got talent, but he's not my kind of guy. I have my kind of guy right here in Kyler Murray. I don't know about you, James. I don't knock that. I really don't. Um, if, if the Eagles won if the, of a tackle, you know we have future Hall of Fame. Jason Peters getting older, but uh, uh, we had probably the best right tackle in Lane Johnson. If there was a tackle there that they loved, I'm not going to knock them and go, oh, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, we should reach for a safety who's really second-round material, a guy we can trade back for or wait for day two on. Let's go take the – because we need safety help. Let's go take this sa- – you know right, what I mean? Right, I, right. I don't believe in that. I don't. Give me the no, best I'm player available. Give me that guy. And in a league where it's filled – we got lucky this year. But we talked about the past few years before – I mean, this year still had a share of injuries. Every year does. But a league that's full of injuries, it's hard to fill up depth. Go get that guy. Go get that stud. That's that's my feeling. No, I'm with you. And, and for me, it's, it's I agree. I'm in the same same headspace there. I think when it comes down to the draft board it's all, and, and talk, looking at needs, it's all about what position. What position – do you really have a need for? And if it's a position of high value, like I said, like a quarterback, you, you, you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, their offensive line is still putrid. But what's worse, your offensive line or your quarterback position? Quarterback. So you definitely have to go and make that decision to go grab your quarterback because, you know, granted, you could take Jonah Williams or Big Cody Ford or any offensive lineman, but if you're still stuck with Blake Bortles, you're still not going anywhere, you know. And that so, so it all depends on the position that you had the need in. But nine times out of ten, I, like you said, I'm sticking with, you know, going best player available for you know. Granted, now if I am, let's see, you you look at the Denver Broncos, right? They have Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb. If I if they, if they for whatever reason if they finish the year at out at number one, and say they they and say they believed in Case Keenum for whatever reason God know, God knows why only God would know why, um, and of course Nick Bosa is on the board, and he's the the best player available in that situation. No, you don't take the best player available because you're fine at that position. You go next best player available. So if that's Quinny and Williams, because you need to sure up the nose tackle or, uh, or your three technique or five technique, whatever the case may be, you need to sure up the inside. Then fine, but you we all know that they need the quarterback. So, but yeah, it all, for me it all depends on the simply what is right. their actual like the 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 need, you know. And like I said, with the different Broncos, the defense is solid. The 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 offensive line improved. Uh, they have young weapons. Young, young stud running back. They need a quarterback, you know. And and granted, they could they could be on the board, and legitimately, Ed Oliver could be there. You know, uh, Devin White could be there, and I, those guys would grade higher 
than a Drew Locke. You know, those guys were, were, were great higher than him. But the need is so, so vital, so, so important. You have to well, take the Well, I'm going to look at it this way. We just, in my opinion, after your last NFL draft, we lost maybe one of the best personnel guys, one of the best draft guys I know I've ever seen in Ozzie Newsom in Baltimore. I mean, the guy constantly yes. stayed. It's just finding deep talents from the Marshall Yandas and the South. He kept finding talents from I don't know where and bringing them up and drafted them. And much kudos to him. What I And to me, he always knew where to, where to trade up, where to, to trade back. I really think he he's a Hall of Fame football player. He needs to get that kind of love as, a, as an executive of what he did. But I remember hearing him talk about his first time running the Ravens uh, war room in 96. And he had his big board. Yeah. And they were the fourth pick overall. And a lot of people in that room. And he said he learned this from being in Cleveland. Belichick. And Belichick said, follow, follow the board. Who you have available, who you have ranked, you follow that board. Who was his best available guy going into the fourth overall pick? A little-known guy named Jonathan Ogden. And people were saying, mm-hmm. don't go by that. We want to – they were a new franchise in Baltimore. Get a flashy QB, get a flashy running back, get a splash player. And he said, no, we follow the board. Last time I checked, Dane, Jonathan Ogden is one of the best left tackles ever, first ballot Hall of Famer. Yes, sir. Let's look at his yes, last time, his last first-round pick. People had a lot to say about – Lamar Jackson. I'm pretty sure Ozzie Newsom followed the board, and whether you like it or not, the Ravens, if they don't put Lamar Jackson in as good as that defense was, they don't win the AFC North, and they don't get to the playoffs. Say what you will about how they yeah. play in the playoffs, different story. But that team was floundering with Joe Flacco. So I'm, look, I'm bookmarking those two first-round picks that were a lot of controversy, that was a lot of things going by it, but he stuck to his guns. He followed the board. He followed who I have as the best players, rank by rank. Not, um, you know, he could have gone to other needs in either pick, but even last year. He could have gone other places, kept Lamar Jackson off the board. You know, Lamar goes into day two. He saw, I have this guy. He saw something in him. I'm going to follow the board. You follow that board, especially in the NFL draft. You, you, don't, you don't get cute. You don't play to a fan base. You don't play to selling tickets. That all comes with, hey, you build the best team available. No, I'm, you're, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. And like I said, it's just it's very simple. Um, you have to do what's best for your team. And making the right call, making the right decision is key. It is extremely key. You do not go out there and, and, and make the wrong – in the draft, the wrong decision, drafting – Especially drafting high can set your team back three years, three, four years. And it set you so out of a job. You, you definitely – exactly. Exactly. So you definitely need to make sure that you are on top of your, your game. And, and like I said, depends on the position. You, you draft you, by need depends on the position. But, you know, that, you know, the draft board and best player, best player available. And I'll tell you right now, man, I, for example, perfect example, the Buffalo Bills – the Buffalo Bills need a backup running back. They need a, they need a new young franchise running back because Sean McCoy is still is still a good quality back, but he gets hurt he's, every year. He's he's he, gets, he has he's a hamstring every year. He's, yeah, he, he's you know running on his he, last he, legs. He he should be you know traded to more of a contending team, 
um, just to help you know help out their running back position. But they need a they need a new stud back, right? They need they literally need new weapons for their young QB, and they need offensive line, right? Right. But people would say, draft Nikhil Harry. I would say, draft Cody Ford. Right. <laughs> That's what I would say. You go best player available. And while I love Nikhil Harry and I love these receivers, like we said on the last pro- on the last on the clock episode, check the archives. Round two will be a heavily drafted skill position type of situation. You can wait. On receivers and tight ends, I'm dare me. I'm scout. I'm a scout in tight ends last night. I went through two or three of them, and it's a deep position. I'm not saying everybody's gonna be a stud, but you gonna have some quality guys that can that, that can make plays and, and and be a a a contributor on your offense. Yes, you want to put weapons around that young man, but first things first, you want to get you want to get to the passer and you want to protect the right. passer. Take the offensive lineman, get you a get you a nice receiver or two in the second and third round. You could double dip, baby, back to back. You know, Drake style, back to back. You could do what you have to do like that, and still and then still dress different areas. Running backs. I'm not gonna tell you. I'm not gonna lie to you. I like this class. It's a deep class, but. You can third round. You're gonna get. You're gonna be able to get you somebody good. You're gonna be able to get you a nice running back in the third, fourth, and fifth round. I can guarantee it. I can guarantee it, man. This is not the Saquon Barkley and Sony Michelle and Darius guys type of draft, but it's so deep. I could see a Kareem Hunt, a Tariq Cohen, or an Alvin Kamara coming out of this class because it's so deep. So you're gonna get quality guys late. So. You can get you a another running back late in the draft, you know. So this, I'm telling, I'm not going to start ranking them because guy. Well, if you follow me on Twitter, DP underscore NFL, I did rank right now, as of right now, my top ten uh, running back uh, draft prospects. So definitely uh, go to, go to my Twitter feed and check that out. Um, but yeah, of course, you know, this like I said, this class is deep in so many different areas. So you look at the Bills. Go offensive line. So, yeah, that's where a situation where you have many needs, prioritize one. Who's the best player on the board? You can get a Calvin Harmon. You can get a, a Calvin Harmon. You, you, like I said, you can get a Hakeem Butler. You, you can get any of these guys, oh, yeah. right? But if, I, but if I'm on the board and Cody Ford is on my board and, and I got the pick, I'm on the clock, I'm taking Cody Ford. I am too. I am too. And, and that's the key right there. I mentioned Ozzie Newsome. And he retired, and I want to see now, because to me, when it came to drafting, when it came to that, he was the best. And I'm not a Ravens guy, but Ozzie Newsom to me had the title. He, I, I, the way he could find talent late and develop them, and they, they had a good system of developing, them, of, the, of developing talent, and they became Pro Bowl-type players or key players for the Ravens for the past you know, decade and a half, two decades. He had the title. I want to see with these these GMs now, who's going to take that crown? Who's going to be that that personnel guy? Now, free agency, we'll talk about on the D and D show. Different beast, but who knows how to? Because, but we, I know, I speak for me, but I believe you feel the same way. I love it when you build, you draft a team, and you're building them up. The free agency spot is good to get a need here and there, but I, I don't, I don't love teams built off of the free agent 
market. I, I don't love, you know, we, the Eagles had that dream team, which was really a nightmare in oh, 2011. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't need that. I want to see you develop and build talent. Ozzie Newsom was the best. I want to see who can take that crown. Is it Howie Roseman? Can Mike Mayock come up, you know, the young gun? Can he take it? Is Bill Belichick starting to take that crown? You know, he's had, he had a good draft last year. He's had some good drafts. He had some hits or misses. That's what I'm looking to see. Who is working these drafts? Who's trading back? Who's trading up? Who knows what to do here? That is the key to me. So I'm excited to see who's ready to take that crown as being the next great kind of personnel guy. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely, man. But listen, we have, like I said, this has been a fun show, just breaking down some things and, you know, for the draft process. We will get into – we will have a couple young up-and-coming prospect interviews coming up, maybe start next week. Um, we'll have that coming for you guys. We're going to start doing player rankings. We're going to start doing our – just like last year, our live mock draft on the show. We're going we're to have a lot coming and ready for you guys. Um, so definitely be prepared and let them know. Be aware again. And find, the end, everybody end, find, find end of the month is the NFL Combine. Oh, yeah, and you won't get any better oh, yeah. better coverage than on the clock with Damian and Jeremy. Matter of fact, Jeremy, we not only is it the 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 NFL Combine, but we will be in Indianapolis. Yes. We're gonna. We will be in the building. We're gonna be there. We're going to be there. You're getting it live and in color, baby, with us. Oh, yeah. So we're breaking oh, it down. Yeah, we're give, we're not just telling you what we saw on NFL Network. We're telling you what we saw with our own two eyeballs live and, live and in person. Oh, yeah. And then, and we're going to have some wages going on, some steak dinners and different things like that on who's going to run the fastest 40 and so forth and so on. So it's, it's going to be fun, man. It's, this combine is going to be fun. But uh, we will be bringing it to you live and in color. You understand me? So, uh, like I said, find us on iTunes. Tell your friends to find us on iTunes. Tell, tell the people at your church. Tell the people <laughs> at your youth center. Tell the people at your job. Find us on iTunes. On the clock with Damien and Jeremy. But don't forget the main show, the Damien and Jeremy show as well. Uh, subscribe, like, review, uh, share, everything, man. But as always, guys, I'm Damien Parson. That's Jeremy Dove. You're on the clock with Danny and Jeremy. Y'all Peace. have a good weekend.